for everything for everything indie for everything cults it's the blue horseshoe now here's your host george bremer and ryan hickey back here in the blue horseshoe pod make sure to subscribe and download wherever you get your pods colts now drop to 0-1-1 of the season 24 nothing loss to the jaguars on sunday not a very good day for Matt Ryan whatsoever, George. 60 to 30, 195 yards, three picks, sacked five times. And I'll be honest, George, I Matt Ryan, I think in week number one, he definitely deserves more of a pass because I think he was more let down uh, by the players around him. And um, and until really the fourth quarter is really the only inspiration they had. Um, where this week, week number two, I think a lot of blame is on him. He, he was flat out bad. And honestly, I thought the game was over or the, it was telling of the day. First drive, that awful pick he threw, just kind of throwing it out there, misreading the coverage and giving the Jaguars an easy gimme. That's a throw you can't make. That's a throw and a drive really with so much importance for the Colts to get off to a good start. You can't be turned the football over on that throw right there and then set the tone for what was going to be the rest of just a, an awful day for the Colts. Yeah, first of all, I don't think the throw was on him. It was on Ashton Duel and miscommunication once again. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. Uh, Frank Reich pretty much – said that right away when, when we got down there. Uh, but it, that doesn't change the fact that it was a bad day and a bad decision. I mean, I don't know if you throw that ball at all anyway in that situation, given given where they were at uh, that early in the game and, and what it could possibly do in, in terms of momentum. I think you almost just take the sack there in my mind. Uh, I don't know there was even a reason to try to, to force anything, uh, miscommunication or not. Uh, but, yeah, in the end of the day, he's not good enough. I mean, that's, you have to – as a veteran quarterback, you've got to overcome all these errors that are going on. That's your job. That's why they're the highest paid guys in the league. That's why it's the most important position in the league. Uh, we saw Andrew Luck do it again and again and again and again when he was here. Uh, Phil Rivers did it, you know, later in the year after he kind of got used to everybody and, and, and was here long enough to kind of get comfortable in that role. And that's part of what we're seeing right now, too. I mean, I think when you see miscommunication like that early, you got to remember these guys have not been together. But the fact is, your veteran quarterback has to overcome those things. He's got to be able to bounce back and say, okay, you know what, that didn't go well, but we've got the ball at the 40 on consecutive drives after this, and we've got to put some points on the board. We've got to make a play. Right. Offensive line's struggling, got to find a way to make a play. Young receivers are struggling, got to find a way to make a play. Your quarterback has to be the guy that changes those things. He has to be the guy that overcomes everything else. That's, that's the NFL. That's why these guys are the most important guys in the league. You know what I mean? So you can make whatever excuse you want. Okay, well, this wasn't on him or that wasn't on him or whatever. That's fine. It can even be factual. At the end of the day, your quarterback has to be the guy who steps up and gets you going on a game, on a day like this. You're 100% right, George. That's a frustrating part of Matt Ryan so far through the first two weeks because, again, I think part of the gamble that, is, that has failed. So it's on Chris Ballard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving him a pass here. But I think at least to understand the logic that Chris Ballard had this offseason – where he really kind of played it coy when it came to left tackle and especially receiver um, and did not, you know, get any high priced uh, free agents or try to swing any trades. And in part, you know, is taking a chance on unproven guys. I think in part, because he thought Matt Ryan can elevate the ceiling of these young guys and kind of carry them with him and teach them, you know, the, so, you know, where to be and kind of get the most out of them. And, and right now it's the opposite. Like I said, you know, that miscommunication, it may may have well been on Ashton Doolin's fault and his fault only. But also, too, it's like, I know it's only week two, but you had all training camp. You had OTAs to iron these things out. Like, as a veteran, you have to make sure your guys are in the right position and that you trust that your receiver in that spot is going to run the same route. You guys see the same thing. 
And that is where so far through two two weeks we've not seen either Matt Ryan or these Colts, you know, playmakers do you know help each other out because they're part that they just not on the same page consistently, and that's frustrating because everything they have done this offseason up to this point was built on making sure these mistakes don't happen in the regular season, and we are still seeing them happen now after week number two. Yeah, I mean, again, it comes down to somebody on the field has to step up, make play. And that's usually your quarterback. I mean, more often than not, he's going to be the guy that comes out there and fires a ball in there, and, and now you get things rolling. They can't do it. You know what I mean? It, it's not happening. And, you know, I think on that play in particular, it was one that Doolin hasn't run a lot. It was one that it's, it's, a, it's one of the factors of Michael Pittman not being here today. He's running a play that Pittman would have been running. It doesn't matter. It's the NFL. Nobody cares. I think right. that's, that's the bottom line. You know, and then the players and the coaches say it all the time. Nobody cares in this league. There are no excuses. Nobody feels sorry for you. You know, you got to get the job done. And two weeks now, the Colts have not done that. They've absolutely not. And now that leads to a situation where one of the errors we were talking about, George, right? In order to come into this game, we thought, all right, how can you kind of get the offense going? How can you, especially when you're relying on inexperienced players, how can you make it easy for them? Well, one thing we talked about was tempo. Right? We saw in the fourth quarter of week one against the Texans, the Colts scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and were up-tempo, were moving the ball, you know, running some no-huddle offense, and they're able to run and pass out of it. And we said going in week two, that should be a situation where the Colts doing more than just outside of the two-minute drill. And we didn't see really any tempo outside of the two-minute drill. Now, on a day like today, it probably didn't matter because the Colts were just awful and everything, and even the two-minute drill they did run uh, resulted in no points. But I was shocked. Shocked that there wasn't more of a sense of urgency, more up-tempo offense, because that was really the only time this Colts offense was in a groove and looking good was when they were kind of pushing the pace in week number one, and they didn't do it at all in week number two. I think it's a big mistake. Yeah, and I think it's one way when you look lifeless, that's sometimes one way to kind of inject you know, a little right. bit of artificial uh, urgency into the game, if nothing else. Uh, get, but, you know, you saw one of the biggest things today, so many alignment problems. You want to talk about one of the things that falls on the coaching staff. There were at least two and I think maybe three penalties for illegal formation where guys just weren't lined up where they need to be. And one of them happened during that two minute drill. Looked like early on. Hey, look, here they go. They're going tempo. They're starting to get a little bit going. Uh, got a couple of gains, started to move the ball a little bit. And then Mike Strawn, you know, lined up in the wrong spot. And they went backwards and, you know, the drive imploded as, as every drive did today. Um, you know, should they have gone tempo earlier? I, I'm on record as saying that before the game. So, yep. of course, I, I, I believe that. Uh, but, again, I don't know that it matters at this point. Like you said, I don't know it's going to make a difference. When you're not doing the if you can't get lined up, if you can't block the other team, does it matter your pace. I mean, at this point, there's such basic fundamental things that need to improve with this football team that it almost feels like, you know, we're doing high school ca- calculus and, and they're in like fourth grade math. And that's again, good to go back to Frank Reich and to go back to Matt Ryan. Like these are, you know, this is a, a veteran, obviously coach who's supposed to have these guys, whether it's the fourth string guy coming up now and, and you know, trying to replace your number one guy or, and, and you're having your veteran quarterback. I know it's his first year here, but you have to make sure, even like you said, these smallest things, George, getting lined up in the right spot, getting set, knowing where you're supposed to be, like that can't happen. And it's right now happening. Again, it falls on the shoulders of Matt Ryan for not having his guys ready. That's he should know as a veteran who's been well documented all throughout training camp. He's yelled at, you know, the receivers. He's not been afraid. He's basically been that coach on the field. I think uh, when Alec Pierce joined us, he called him the general. He felt like he was like a general on the field. 
And with Frank Reich, you have to make sure that the guys know where to go. And if the, you also need your general on the field to make sure everyone's lined up right. And that's an air, another area where, like you mentioned, it kills drives, it pushes them back, and it ruins any sort of momentum they had. Yeah, and again, and that's why to me, like, yeah, the play calling needs to improve. You can maybe run some tempo and get some life into it. There's a lot of things that need to improve, but none of it's going to make a difference until you get the basics down, until you're where you need to be, until the play's blocked properly. I don't know that anything else is going to suddenly improve without those things coming first. And another situation, or I should say another game where the Colts red zone offense struggles. They're two of five in Houston week one. Oh, of two, they barely got in the red zone. And when they did, it was, it was just a trade rack for both possessions. They got in there over two. And now we've talked about the importance where the Colts were in 19th in the NFL last year in red zone efficiency um, in 2021. This year, now they're just two of seven scoring a touchdown 29% of the time they are in the red zone. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And it's another area where we're sitting here looking at a winless football team through two weeks. And again, down to execution. I mean, last yes. week, two drop touchdown passes. Everything goes right. Okay, one drop touchdown pass and one pass that probably should have been caught that a great defensive play helped, you know, to, to end up on the ground. This week, it's not a drop, but Mo Cox can't get that second foot in. You know, again, you've got a touchdown. It's not going to make a difference in this football game, but it is going to, they should be probably five of seven in the red zone right now, and they're two of seven. And it's indicative of what's going on across the board. Little self-inflicted mistakes that cannot continue to happen. You cannot, and then you've got to overcome them. You know, again, those are three plays down in the red zone uh, that could make a big difference, but they weren't, none of them were a fourth down play. None of them were, I think they were all first or second down, and you're not able to come back on that drive and overcome it. I think that's the other problem that we're seeing right now. A lot of what's going wrong in the red zone is a microcosm of what's going on all over the field. And right now they're not able to erase mistakes. They're not able to have a holding penalty and still come back and get back in front of the, the, the marker on that drive. They're not able to, you know, have a sack and overcome it. You have to do that in this league. And they talk about it all the time. You're going to face adversity. That doesn't just mean game to game. You're going to face adversity within a drive because the best players in the world are out here and they're going to do that to you. And you've got to be able to, to shake it off and come back and, and finish things. And they've not been able to do that in the red zone. They've not been able to do it anywhere on the field. And that's why you have an offense right now that's, quite frankly, sputtering. I know they had 500 yards last week, but they were not able to finish. So it didn't really, you know, 500 yards of 20 points is a pretty empty victory for you. And then today, you don't even put a point on the board. You know, you're not averaging 10 points a game. You're going to get the number one overall pick. That's what that. That's where that road ends. You know, you've got to get better in a hurry in that road in that area. You're 100 right, and like you said, it's just you don't have to go any further and sum up right now. If you want to sum up the Colts' struggles, is that point to the red zone because it's been execution. It's also been their own mental mistakes, their own physical mistakes that are right now kind of self-inflicted that have just totally, totally killed this team. It's been awful to watch, and like you said, just frankly, should not be happening. Should not be happening right now, but it has happened too often. And look, when you look, Chiefs coming to town next week. The Titans coming to town in two weeks. You're playing the Broncos in a little bit. I mean, you tied one game against the Texans who stink, and you got smoked by the Jaguars who are a better team. I mean, they're going to get run out of the building if they don't fix these mistakes soon because you're right. The Colts right now don't have enough talent or not a good enough team to overcome mistakes. They need breaks to go their way. Some teams are still able to overcome those mistakes and overcome some breaks that go the other way and still win the game. 
Colts are nowhere near at a skill level right now to be able to have a setback, like you mentioned, a holding call, a drop pass, and be able to overcome it and still persevere through and get a touchdown and finish the drive of points or win the game. They're not good enough right now when things don't go their way. Um, and that's scary because, like you know, most breaks don't go your way in the NFL. And if they do, more times than not, it's luck than anything else. So it is right now not a, a very good uh, two weeks for the Colts, to say the least. We talked a lot about the offense, George. How about we hit on the defense? Because Gus Bradley's defense, I think, is anything but inspiring so far through two weeks. We'll discuss our, our initial takeaways again. Colts get shut out by the Jags, 24-0 to fall to 0-1. And one will hit on Gus Bradley's defense when the Blue Ocean Pod returns. <laughs> 